Hi, my name's Sam Breakgear and welcome to Brains Bite Back. On this podcast, we discuss everything related to psychology, technology, and our society. If you're a fan of Mr. Robot or know anything about cybersecurity, it is clear that tricking human judgment is potentially one of the best ways to gain access to personal information. Nothing highlights this more than the prevalence of phishing scams. And if you don't know what a phishing scam is, it is considered a fraudulent attempt to obtain sensitive information such as usernames, passwords, and credit card details by disguising oneself as a trustworthy entity in some form of electronic communication. Fortunately, new tech can help us defend ourselves from these deceptive threats. My guest today is the president and founder of Pixum, a company that provides real-time anti-phishing on login pages and shuts down an attack at the point of click, Arun Buduri. And for our You're Onto Something piece, where we discuss a story relating to psychology and technology, we will look at a recent Pew Research Center survey analyzing Americans' feelings and perceptions relating to data collection. So you're from Boston. Are you there at the moment? Where are you right now? I'm right now in uh, Bedford. Bedford. Where is Bedford? I would say northwest of Boston, about 20 minutes, 20, 30 minutes, maybe. Wow. All right. Okay. Okay. Um, and which part of Boston are you from? Uh, I live in Waltham. I can't honestly say that I know Boston very, very well, but I do have some friends that lived in Roxbury. Uh, so I spent a little bit of time there, uh, but I always dreamt when I was younger because um, I used to spend a lot of time around Boston to see my dad when I was like a teenager. And I remember I always used to have dreams of living in Back Bay. Um, would you be able to start by saying um, who you are and what your role is at the company? Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, hello there. I'm uh, Arun Baduri. I'm founder and president of Pixum. We are the world's first on-device phishing prevention to run completely on your devices and shut down phishing attacks at the point of click. And how does this technology work? Would you be able to uh, explain a little bit about um, how it functions? Absolutely. So if you look at how phishing attacks are carried on, most common technique is to send you an email as though it looks like it's coming from someone you know. And typically it has a link in it and they want you to enter your password, your credit card numbers, or your personal data. So anytime you click on a link like that and it opens in your browser, Pixum is running totally on your device. And the moment it detects that it is a login page, we use AI computer vision directly on your device. Within one second, we will figure out that it is a fake login page on an unknown domain and we will shut it down right then and there. In the way I see it is like when it was described to me, it's kind of almost like an archangel, right? So like um, you're on your computer and then like this is watching over you. It's looking out for you. It's it's kind of there as pretty much like a guardian angel from phishing attacks. Is that a fair analogy? It's interesting you mentioned that because one of our CISO advisors, he said exactly that. It's like someone looking over your shoulder and protecting you. And if you look at phishing attacks, the way they work, 99% of all the attacks today, they rely on the users clicking on a link. And that's where Pixum comes in, that we are running on your devices. It's okay to make a mistake. It's okay to click 
we are right there to shut it down as soon as you do that if it's a fake login page. And for those people that are lucky enough not to have experienced any kind of phishing attacks and perhaps are potentially listening and thinking, I'm not an idiot, like I can tell when an email is fraudulent or like it's got to be obvious and they just really don't have any experience in this type of scam. What would you have to say to them to say that human judgment alone is not enough to stop these phishing attacks? Yeah, so these attacks are getting extremely sophisticated by the day, right? So if you look at, again, the whole social engineering aspect of phishing, it's common misconception that only CXOs are targeted or VPs of finance are targeted for phishing. If you look at the way these attacks are carried out, now attackers are extremely patient. If you look at the Marriott breach, they were in the Marriott network for more than four years. So the way they attack is they target someone junior in the company who's probably not very well trained and they may not have enough access to the company data as well because they're junior but once the attacker gets the password of their account they do not do anything crazy they wait and they're very patient and they attack other people in the organization from that compromised account. So you will actually get an email from the real account from your colleague whose account got compromised. And you'll just believe that it is coming from the right account because all your phishing training will point to the results saying that, oh, this is the real email because it is indeed coming from the real account, but it may be yet another phishing attack. And that's where Pixum comes in that we take that judgment or decision-making process out of the hands of the user and automate it for you. Yeah, I remember the first time that I experienced a phishing attack. Fortunately, I didn't click on it or I didn't give any information away. I didn't fall for it. But I do remember it because it stays in my memory because it was so well done. I remember I received an email to my old email account, which I've now abandoned. And it was saying about how like a purchase has been through on Amazon and to cancel this purchase, please log into your Amazon account now. It looked very, very real, but I analyzed it further and I noticed a few things were off. I can't remember what exactly it was, but it really stuck out for me. And one of the reasons why is because at the time I was working in technology and I was working in sales, admittedly, it wasn't really like a heavy tech focused role but the fact that I like sold cybersecurity, and there I was almost like almost convinced by an email I can't imagine what it's like for people that don't have experience or don't have like the understanding of just like you said that like everyday folk can be targeted by this and just assume that like uh, they just go for the big fishes or big players or big companies it's unfortunate but yeah you do always have to be on guard whenever you receive any kind of emails like like this you said it could even become from like someone you think you know I suppose it's a it's a good thing we got to pick some on our side here. What was your inspiration to create this tool, by the way? So actually, let's take a step back uh, looking at the anti-phishing industry in general, right? There are tons of cyber attacks today. You hear a lot about malware and ransomware and virus in the market, in the news. But the root cause of why all that happens is because somewhere some employee gave away their password to the attackers. And so if you look at how this whole industry has evolved, anti-phishing tags onto your work email account. So what happens is, uh, let's say the most popular email is Microsoft. Office 65, and it does come with a certain amount of default protection in it. Absolutely, no question. And then for anyone who needs extra protection, you add on the cloud-based email security on top of the default protection. And some big names here 
you know, Proofpoint, Mimecast, uh, Microsoft's own ATP, Cisco, Barracuda. There are a lot of solutions out there. And the way that industry has evolved is like a blacklist kind of an approach, which means somewhere someone finds an attack, reports it, it gets into a database, and from then on, that attack is blocked. But what about brand new attacks that come beyond that? And so there are definitely leaks in that kind of an approach, and those leaks end up into your inbox. And it is well-known fact and published results that there are these leaks, and they do end up in the inbox. And this is your work email. But what about your personal email, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter? If you look at how... Uh, during the last U.S. elections, how Clinton's emails got hacked into, they got it through John Podesta. His Gmail account used that to get into the DNC. So that is also another attack pattern where they target employees on their personal accounts where they're not typically protected well, and then use that to get into the work account. And so how is everyone protecting companies today, knowing that there are leaks and these emails do make it to the inbox, the most predominant way today is phishing training, which is why companies like, you know, Know Before is now valued at over a billion dollars in trying to educate employees uh, into identifying how phishing attacks work. Even there, that leads to phishing training fatigue. So as you mentioned, you and I, you know, we are in this space, but we are not immune, even though we may know everything about phishing. We may be in a rush someday and end up clicking on a link. So the employee or the person in front of the device is the weakest link in this whole picture. And that's where Pixum comes in. And that's why we are on the device. And the way we thought about this from ground up is when we started, we were yet another cloud-based solution, just like the proof points or the Mimecast or ATP. And in 2017, we completely changed our approach because the attackers have now blocked every cloud-based solution. And that's where we completely transformed ourselves to say, hey, the future is attacks are moving to the device, and that's where we need to be. And so we pretty much uh, we reinvented ourselves in 2017 to be the world's first on-device phishing prevention. And out of curiosity, have you ever been the victim of a, a phishing attack? Uh, not yet. But as I said, you know, no one is immune. Of course, uh, being in this industry, you're a lot more careful than others. But of course, you know, no one is 100% immune from these. And if you look at sales and marketing folks or HR or operations people, how can you go to them and say, Hey, don't click on links. It, it is their job. It, it is their job to click on links. So that's the irony of this entire process of how to stop phishing, which is why we want to take that employee out of the equation and ensure that it's okay, even if they click, but we are right there, as you mentioned, you know, looking over your shoulder to shut it down, even if you end up clicking on it. Yeah. I, I can imagine, yeah, you tell your staff so frequently, like, careful, watch out, don't do that. It'll be too scared to even open up their inbox. Yeah, and, and on that point, right, we, we are pretty big into healthcare, and we were ta and I was talking to a CIO of a large hospital recently. He recently joined that hospital, and they do pretty frequent phishing training for employees, pretty much, I think, uh, once every month. And as long as they kept doing that, their click rates 
were less than 4% or so. And as part of some transition, they had not done fishing training for a few months. And after that gap of no training for a few months, they did a fishing test. Their numbers were back up to like 28%. So you can see it does lead to some kind of a fatigue. I can imagine. Out of interest, you ever watch the show Mr. Robot? I, I actually uh, watched uh, most of first season. I, I haven't continued yet, but yeah, it is it is it is very interesting. Yeah, similar to yourself. I watched. Uh, I'm not completely up to date. I think a four seasons come out. I haven't kept up with it, but yeah, I was actually thinking about the first season when I can't remember. It's been a while since I watched it, but I'm not a hacker and I don't really have any real experience in hacking. But I do remember there's like a scene I think when they're planning to hack into um like a big data center. And they're saying, oh, I, I can't see any kind of like weaknesses. And then the guy says, oh, I see like six weaknesses like right in front of me. And he's just referring to like security guards or people around the premises that work there. And that's what came to mind when like I'm thinking about phishing attacks. And I also thought about, um, I remember when I was at university, a friend of mine, he was, um, he was a hacker and he worked or at least he was very good with computers and he worked with some kind of like hacker that was an ethical hacker for companies. But he said one of the tactics which he used, it's not to do with phishing, but I thought it was very interesting it kind of relates to the, uh, the same kind of vulnerabilities of like human beings he would go to car parks and he would drop like usb sticks and they'd be like infected with malware and people obviously pick them up like oh usb stick i'll use this or i wonder what's on it and when they plug it into their computer that's it their computer's infected so that's almost like a physical phishing i can imagine the guy just like chucking out there sitting watching waiting for bites they pick up the usb stick and then uh, they're off with it so yeah in my mind that's kind of like a physical version of like computer phishing yeah, and uh, there are even reports about hacking into people's phones via USB charging ports. Yeah, you know, at airports and other other public places. But but guess what? Uh, you don't even have to get that physical proximity to do this. There was a video, I think, um, maybe a year or two ago on on Facebook. Uh, it was a really interesting experiment. Someone opened up a shop that looked like those. You know, hey, I'm going to tell everything about you, your future, etc. And uh, they set up the whole operation such that the shop looks like it. But behind the scenes, behind the curtain, there were like five or 10 people doing Google searches. And this was very interesting because it all comes down to how much you post online about yourself. Uh, and that's exactly the core issue with phishing, the social engineering aspect. So as people came in uh, into the shop and they sat and they put their hands on a crystal ball or something, uh, the person is actually wearing a earphone and they have a camera, they take a picture of the face, they do a, uh, some kind of a searching with on internet with that face, they find the person, they go find them on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, extract all kinds of information, and they're relaying it to this person on his earphone. And that person just says, you know, you probably went on a vacation last year in a very nice place with a beach. And, and they, they it's, it's so funny, but it does come down to phishing as well, because these attackers are are using exactly those kind of techniques where they just do all kinds of research about you. You might have been at a major event, you're posting pictures, posting pictures with someone, then they go find information about that someone and they try to send you an email as though it's coming from that person. It's like, hey, it was great meeting you at this event, uh, loved hanging out with you at this bar. 
or something like that because you posted a picture about it and that's exactly how they get it yeah i think i've heard about that i mean not like from anyone that's experienced it but definitely i've heard rumors do you by any chance have access to that video did you say it was a video the whole crystal ball shop one it was i, I can actually find uh find out I, I can send you a link later yeah if you could that'd be awesome i really want to check that out that sounds hilarious so my last question to you and really i think this might be the most helpful other than pixum what advice do you have for our listeners so that they can avoid becoming victims of phishing attacks so first thing password hygiene right do not repeat your passwords on multiple uh, websites don't reuse your passwords especially don't reuse your passwords from work into your personal accounts and use some some sort of password managers uh, you can you can just search uh, i don't want to mention any names here as a recommendation or something but you can definitely uh, you know google for best password managers uh, use them as a really good password hygiene turn on multi factor auth so that even if someone has your password, they cannot get in. Have some kind of uh, security installed uh, on your machine, et cetera. Typically nowadays, browsers are pretty up-to-date on known attacks. And then, uh, you know, be careful. Always watch out for links. Maybe, if possible, just take some free phishing training that's available on, in understanding. But most of the times, just be on, on guard. I would say, with or without Pixum. But uh, with Pixum, of course, we will keep a watch out for you. Awesome. Excellent. And if people do want to to access Pixum, what's the best way to do it? Uh, just go to our website, pixum.net, and uh, just uh, submit the request for a demo, and we'll reach out. Super. And if people want to stay in contact with you, like follow you on social media, do you, have, uh, do you have social media? Is there any way people can stay in touch with what you're up to? Absolutely. Yeah. Just uh, find me on LinkedIn. Just search for my name, Arun Baduri and reach out or connect. I would love to uh, exchange contacts there. Fantastic. Arun, that's, that's everything from me. I just want to say thank you so much. It seems like you're doing a really good job here. And yeah, let's hope that um, we don't have to be as vigilant. Obviously, always best to stay vigilant, but with uh, Pixum's help, hopefully it will become less of a necessity and more of just uh, general good keeping. <laughs> Absolutely. Really glad to have connected here. Thank you so much, Sam. You run to something. Inverse reports that according to a new Pew Research Center survey, around 62% of Americans think it's pretty much impossible to live a normal life without having data collected on you on a regular basis. Despite Americans' frequent use of apps and services that collect data, around 81% said giving companies their information presents more risks than rewards. Another 66% feel uncomfortable with how much information the government is collecting on them. And the most unfortunate part of all of this is how helpless they feel. Over 80% of those surveyed said they don't feel like they're in control of their data, whether it's a company or the government collecting it. That's our show. I hope you enjoyed it. If you like this episode, then you can follow us on Spotify. You can check us out on iTunes and anywhere else where you get your podcasts. You can also subscribe to our newsletter here at The Sociable. Just go on our homepage. All you need to do is add your name and your email, and you'll stay up to date with all our episodes and our articles. And if you like this episode, then you can also check out our previous episodes. We've got many more topics just like this. Thank you and have a great day.